Wouldn't you love a game that would bring your family together and get everyone having a great time while effortlessly learning about the saints? Today's guest, David Williams, is the co-creator of Saint Cards, an ingenious new game. You'll love this. Welcome to Homeschooling Saints, the podcast that helps you create the homeschool you love for the people you love. Our host is Lisa Maladnik, a Catholic life coach, TV host, best-selling author, and an instructor at Homeschool Connections. Hello and welcome. I'm Lisa Maladnik, your host, and today we're talking with David Williams about Saint Cards, an ingenious new game. Let's meet David. By the grace of God, David Williams was received into the Catholic Church along with his wife and children in 2010. In 2011, David and his wife Kendall founded the Devout Heart Program, piloted in two parishes in the Archdiocese of St. Louis. They also founded Devout Heart Press and Devout Life Resources, LLC, which publishes books and materials to build up and edify the domestic church. In 2015, David and Kendall also founded the Institute of the Holy Doctors, an undergraduate liberal arts institute, helping Catholics learn how to think with the mind of the church and love with the heart of Christ. David is the former principal of St. John Paul II Preparatory School and the provost of the Institute of the Holy Doctors. He also works as a senior education specialist in the technology industry. In 2018, David and his wife published Saint Cards, and that's at saintcards.com, designed to help all Catholics get to know their family in heaven. David is a frequent guest on St. Joseph Radio in St. Charles, Missouri, and Covenant Network Catholic Radio in St. St. Louis, Missouri. He was also a keynote speaker at the 2016 Catholic Men's Conference in St. Louis. David, Kendall, and their six children live in the Diocese of Springfield, Illinois. Check out David's awesome website, that's saintcards.com, and it's just the way it sounds, and it'll be in the show notes. Welcome to the program, David. Thanks so much, Lisa, for having me. Really appreciate being on the show. I'm super excited. I was looking at your website, looking at the cards, looking at some of the endorsements and watching video. And oh my gosh, this just looks so creative and fun. And it also looks just so smart. I feel like this is the bait we need to to like get our family completely hooked on this. There you go. There you go. Well, that's the idea. That's the hope. And, you know, and, and really it's, you know, from the very beginning, and I, you know, it's when we came into the church in 2010, I remember I knew one saint, and that was St. Augustine. And then I realized I wasn't even pronouncing his name correctly, because Catholics, <laughs> of course, oftentimes say Augustine, even though you can do both, right? right. Uh, so I was like, even, <laughs> even the one saint I know, I have to change the pronunciation of it. So it was, it was apparent. Uh, I took the name Francis de Sales at Confirmation, so I had two coming into the church. But it was apparent to me within the first month or so. Uh, that I, I really just wanted to to get to know the saints, and thanks be to God, the, the upbringing that I had was was founded in, in so much, you know, memorization of scripture. Um, you know, I had very faithful parents, very faithful um, you know, Christian sisters, and and so that that side of of my upbringing was was you could say, you know, we'd had a lot of years to invest into that. But I realized, oh my goodness, like there are these superheroes here, uh, these these men and women who have been there and done that, that I really need to get to know. And so I just started looking out there and just trying to see if there's any resources or any way that I could, you know, grab this information. 
So I started keep, you know, keeping spreadsheets and pivot tables and when people lived when and what they were. And then my wife was like, you know what, that's, that's a little too nerdy for me. Uh, <laughs> and, I would, and I would really love it if you could teach our kids all the things that you're learning as well. And that's really where, and, and as always the case, all these great ideas, um, you know, in our, in our household, you have to give full credit to my wife for them. Uh, but it really was just a matter of taking that information and finding a really great interactive way uh, to, 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 to teach my children the saints, but in the form of play. And they say that, you know, when you're, when you're playing a game or you're interacting with something, you're, you're you know, many more times likely. And some, some scholars will say, in some cases, 20 to 50 times more likely to memorize the information if you're playing it in, in the context of a game versus uh, reading it out of a textbook. And so we wanted to find something that was fun that made the Saints, uh, the learning about the Saints fun, and, and that's where Saint Cards began uh, almost 10 years ago. Wow. You know, David, my brain is just popcorning like crazy. A, you came obviously out of a Protestant scriptural-based tradition, which is a beautiful way to begin life, that delving into the Word of God and really drawing strength from it. And then at some point, something ignited this this love of the saints, of this extended family of ours, and then your education and your technology backgrounds and your analytical skills and, and all of that. God is amazing the way he prepares us for all this. But I'm dying to know, how did you go, and I want to cover all those bases, how did you go from a Protestant mindset to saying, you know what, these saints, these saints are people I want to know. Like, how did that happen for you? That's a great question. You know, I think there's something that I was taught in high school, and, I, and it's still a motto that can be applied, and I think it should be applied in each of our lives today, and it was that in all things, violently pursue intimacy with the living Christ. And that was something that was ooh, violently, like what, no matter what. In other words, don't leave, you know, don't let anything get in your way, right? Um, in other words, make that the only thing that you care about. Um, and that was something that was shared in my, you know, Protestant youth group growing up. That I've never forgotten and never had to relinquish. And so uh, I would argue that applying that motto, you know, in all things, violently pursue intimacy with the living Christ, that if you follow that truthfully, you will end up with the Eucharist on your tongue, because that is the definition of intimacy with the living Christ, right? Wow, right? Uh, and so then, um, through, through just, you know, God's so good, because when you're praying prayers like, you know, God, I know I'm supposed to believe that I am saved, but, you know, I, I, I know I'm supposed to believe that, you know, I, I say I'm sorry and that you forgive me. Um, I just, I just want to hear your voice. I just want to know that I'm forgiven. I just want to, I want to be so close to you. And the Lord's like, well, <laughs> there's this church I founded and it's <laughs> got uh, seven sacraments where I actually have personal contact with you whenever you want. Um, how about that? And so it's like, you mean, I actually get to hear the words that I'm absolved. I actually get to receive you, body, blood, soul, and divinity, and sign me up, right? This is fantastic, right? So, so then, so with that personal need that I had to be close to Jesus, there was this, this kind of um, new desire, and I think it, I, I think it would get credit to the Eucharist and Jesus to say, you know, Jesus is going, hey, you know, you're still on earth. Uh, you still have a lot of life to live. Um, and, and that's all in my hands, but I want you to, I want to introduce some people to you that are united with me so that you can see the way that you, uh, that, that, uh, that you need to lead your family so that you can train your daughter on what it means to be, a, a, you know, have a heart of purity, that you can train your young men what it means to, to live a, a pious 
truly Catholic manly life. Um, and, and so you need to get to know the saints. And, and that's where, you know, the writings of Pope Benedict uh, the 16th come forth with, whenever he said, you know, that the saints are the true interpreters of sacred scripture. Uh, and what he means by that is that, yeah, you can read sacred scripture. You can even memorize sacred scripture. And that is the living word of God that you are, that you're feasting on. And through that, Jesus is going to give you the prompt of how to live your life. And a lot of times, I think in our faith, we, we have the what down. We know what to do. Uh, we even maybe have a good handle on why we want to do it. Right? We want to please God. We want to do people right. We have some good answers to why, uh, where, and you know, all those big reporter questions right, we go through. But the how question, I, I believe, is the most important question to have answered. Uh, and that's what maybe for those that are listening today, a question that you all have is like, we, you know, when someone says, are you a good Catholic? We're like, well, and we might start down the list. Well, I say rosary every day and I do this and I do that. And you, we kind of go through the what, but really that question is best answered with the how. How are you leading your life? How are you pursuing Christ? How are you, um, you know, working on refining this uh, area of character in your life? And, and so what we have with the saints is that answer to that how question because they made it, right? And yeah, they had all sorts of different journeys. Some were priests, some were virgins, some were martyrs, some were doctors, some were, some were young people that died when they were 12 years old. Um, every single life scenario that you can possibly think of is covered in their lives. And so, uh, you know, as the catechism teaches us so beautifully, and, and, and this is, I think, especially true for today in paragraph 828, that the saints have been and always will be the source of renewal in the life of the church. And that's not just the saints that have gone before us, but it's also the living saints now, those that are living as they did right now, right? That is a source of renewal. So anyway, all that to say, I was super excited to find out that there actually is a how, that we can study their lives and, and, and emulate what they did. Uh, we can say the same prayers that they prayed uh, and, and kind of step into that beautiful relationship that they had with our Lord. So anyway, you got me going. That's, that's a good question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that you just got into the flow there with just so much that's igniting your spirit on this. And I think it ignites us too when we hear that. And I, I'd like to just mention that, you know, what we, what's in, right in front of us as homeschoolers is that we are really into cool resources and we know how to access them. And we know that there's some free stuff online and there's videos and there's saint lives and great books that we put in front of our children and we, we entice them in. We do the best we can to have a culture of appreciation that we're parts of this uh, communion of saints here, that this is a, an extended family. But there's an aspect, so many, and I, I really want you to delve into this, there's a social aspect. A book is by yourself unless you're reading aloud. A video is something we're all kind of focused on together, and maybe we have discussions afterwards, and that's all great. But when you're playing a game, when you're actually interacting with each other, this is something that's happening on other levels. As an educator, as a father, as someone who has a has fresh eyes on the saints as a person has come into the church fairly recently. Step us into the game, how it works, why it's designed the way it is. Sure. Yeah, happy to. Yeah, so the, the loci method is, uh, is a method that the ancient Greeks used, and it basically is a memorization technique that uses spaces to help compartmentalize information. And so 
uh, a, a short way to explain it, and this is a method that St. Thomas Aquinas used, that uh, Albert the Great used, and Dr. Kevin Vost, uh, who actually lives in our same diocese here, has written very beautifully on the subject, if you're ever interested to dive in more. But in short, if, that, if the information is in a, in, in a similar space, uh, like in this case on a card, uh, we have the feast month of the saints that is, you know, that's located in either corner of the card. And, and a symbol that represents that particular feast month, which is, you know, right now it's the, it's the you know, month of October at the time of this recording. So we have a rosary there, which emphasizes the month of the Holy Rosary. And that uh, information is, is locked in that space. Uh, it doesn't show up anywhere else. And so what the brain does when it sees it in its space is it automatically can kind of rest a little bit and know, okay, I, I don't have to overthink this. I know that that rosary symbol is tied to this image of St. Francis of Assisi. So I can then ask my four-year-old, actually he's five now, I'm just going to ask my five-year-old. <laughs> um, they're going up fast. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, what, what, um, what feast month is St. Francis of Assisi? And in his mind, he goes, well, there's a rosary there, so it's October. Or he might say the rosary. And then maybe not say October, that's okay. But then my eight-year-old, I can, I can ask you know, tell me about some saints that had their feast month in the month of October. And so his brain now is cataloging every single time he's seen that rosary. So he can start listing them off. Francis of Assisi, Teresa of Avila, Therese of Lisieux, because they all have the rosary. Or I can, you know, and so what, so the loci method is, is really beautiful because it helps, it, it just helps us store and catalog information in the much the same way that a shopping cart helps you carry your groceries as you're going around. Uh, a lot of us memorize without a grocery cart. And so we have a limitation. We kind of hold what we can remember and it's always falling off and we're trying to pick it up and everything. Uh, but the loci method really gives you that space to, to kind of store that information. So that's what we, that's the construct of it. Uh, so as a result, there's 12 to 20 different facts on each card. And the more that you play the game, the more you pick up on. And so uh, I might be playing a game with, uh, with my kids here and, and they might go, hey, what was, what was pink again? Oh, it's, it means virgin. So now every time they see that color pink, they know that that that, that saint, a woman, you know, is is uh, you know, led, led a life of beautiful purity, uh, and, and giving that to her bridegroom. And so, uh, you know, what's a doctor? A doctor is dark blue. So every time they see dark blue, there's only thirty six of them, but that's a doctor of the church. And so, uh, yeah, so so it's just great for kids, but boy, especially for us adults, right? I mean, again, I got into the church just, you know, 10 years ago. So I'm playing, I'm trying to play catch up and I'm finding that there are a lot of folks out there that are still feel like that, right? We're playing catch up. I was talking to a Catholic the other day and, and uh, he said, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm new into the church too. And I said, well, how long have you been in? He says 25 years, right? And so it's like, <laughs> well, we'll always feel like a neophyte, right? Um, but that, but those facts then are just, you know, you just play the game and you absorb new information every time you play. There's not any pressure to, to have to know, uh, you know, particular facts to be able to play it, but just noting, okay, you've got the reference sheet. Okay. That means the feast month is May. And that means that uh, this person was a martyr. Um, then, then it just locks it in. And so as you play the game, you're incentivized to receive treasure. So the more matches that you make, the more treasure that you receive. So as an example, if I've got, let's say St. George, the dragon slayer, right? I'll note that he was born in the third century, died in the fourth. Uh, he's got red for martyr. Um, he's got, you know, a green, you know, green symbol, which means it was a lay person and a, and a sword, which means that he was a soldier. And I might have that card in my hand and then see that there's St. Joan of Arc that's turned up. And then I can say, well, I'm going to play St. George with St. Joan of Arc. 
they were both martyrs, they were both lay people, they were both soldiers, they were both were in Western Europe. And so we've got geography and the, the paths of vocations that they followed, the centuries that they lived in. And so you're incentivized to just find matches with the turned up card. And let's say I find five matches, then I get five treasure, and then it goes to the next person. And then whoever at the end of the game has the most treasure gets to gather all the treasure at the table and give it to Jesus. So there's a Jesus card there. So there's, so there's the satisfaction of winning, but then there's also the realization of, of the path of humility, that really this is all for Jesus in the end, right? So if there are any tears at the table, it's like, hey, you just point to the Jesus card. Hey, remember, we're doing this for him, right? I love it because you're competitive players. Oh, yeah. To be reminded that it's all for Jesus in the end. Wow, what a great lesson. And for those who are not so competitive and maybe don't always win, can at least see that the spoils go to a beautiful place and not someone laughing and snidely. That's <laughs> right, know? yeah. This has... Some of us are want to do, not that I've ever done that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and even if you're not big into games, you know, like if you have played Uno, most of us have played Uno once or twice in our lifetime. It works very similarly where you're just trying to find the matches, but it can, you know, aside from the game table, they can be used as flashcards or even just for personal devotion. And the hope with them is not necessarily to tell the whole story, but to, to at least prompt interest, right? To go, you know, just like the other day, um, my daughter was like, I didn't know that she was born in the 18th century. She was born in the same century as so-and-so and this and that, right? And so they're constantly going, wait, so they were living at the same time that, you know, the church was being persecuted with the so-called enlightenment. And, oh, wow, I didn't realize that, you know? And so there's connections that you begin to make with church history um, and, and, you know, with what they were going through and how similar it is to what we're going through, those become really great conversation points, uh, you know, for the family here, for sure. Yeah, and, and one of the points that was made uh, by someone who endorsed uh, the cards was that you can play with as few as two people. And I saw a picture of someone doing like a shootout with the cards. It was a fast moving thing. Can you just, just yeah. say a little bit about the variety, some of the varieties of ways that the, we can have fun with them? Yeah, we have everything from, you, you know, if you've ever played speed with playing cards, you can play that with sync cards. There's a little, there's a solitaire version, so you can't play by yourself. There's even uh, an expansion called the Heaven Hold'em expansion. So for those that are in high school or college or or adults that want to have a, a, a nice Catholic game to play that has all the components of Texas Hold'em. It's Heaven Hold'em, um, and and it has the exact same type of mechanic. But we have we have Christianized the game, uh, and so you know we have uh, right now I think uh, eighteen different uh, different products. There's the base game that you can start with that we recommend starting with, but there's different game mats and expansions that add new sinks. Um, and, and really to date, we've probably got 20 to 25 different ways that you can play. Um, and so the, it, the, the goal then is to try, not just have one way to do it, but whether you're using them as flashcards or you're playing Heaven Hold'em or you're playing Speed or you're playing go, a Go Fish game or a match game that you've got and kind of an endless resource, much like playing cards where you can play so many different games with playing cards. We wanted to do the same thing with sync cards say a little about something that I just quickly caught wind of at your site, which is that your stigmatist build-out has, has a really interesting visual thing that happens in the game. Can you describe that? Yeah, so we have an, uh, a stigmatist expansion. And, and for those, you know, stigmatists or the stigmata sometimes, you know, comes in a variety of forms. Sometimes um, they receive all five wounds of Christ, sometimes just the crown of thorns. Uh, and sometimes it's an invisible stigmata. So with each expansion, right, we roll out new saints, so the, the stigmatist expansion uh, gets you all of the beatified and canonized saints to date. Um, so, uh, yeah, but 
but the you know so you have you know you'll have Catherine of Siena, you'll have you know Saint Francis of Assisi, Saint you know Saint John of God, all all of the all the great uh, stigmatists that have um, that have been canonized and beatified to date. And and so what we try to do is to make the the component in the game reflective of the the material that we're trying to teach, right? And so with the stigmatist expansion, if I play a stigmatist, I get the treasures as normal, but then my neighbor to the left gets to take the exact same amount of treasures into their hands, and then they put them behind their back, and they get to decide, okay, if it's if they've got four, am I going to put two in one hand and two in the other, or three and one, one in the other, or maybe four and one and zero in the other, and then they represent their hands, and the player gets to pick their hands. And when they open up their hand, the red jewel, uh, if there is any there, will show up right in their palm, just like a stigmata, right? Uh, but it's super mm. but it's super fun. Uh, and even if, <laughs> let's say, there's four in one hand and zero in the other, and the zero gets picked, we just call that the invisible stigmata. So you have, ah. to, you have to offer that up, right? Uh, so, <laughs> so for each expansion, uh, you know, it's, an, it's another teaching opportunity. And so we build into the rules of the game uh, an, an opportunity for, uh, for more treasure or for different things. You know, like the Roman canon expansion is an example. It's all of the saints that are in the Eucharistic Prayer 1. Linus, Cletus, Clement, Sixtus, Cyprian, right? Lawrence, Prasagonus, John and Paul, Cosmos and Wow, Lee, you're right? good. All those, right? <laughs> um, so we have, uh, yeah, so, so we, ha- we actually have Eucharistic 1 uh, contests here where we try to rattle off all 43 as fast as we can, right? Uh, but, but when you play one of those, if anybody at the table has them in their hand, they get to turn them around and they get extra treasure when it's not their turn. So you're incentivized to kind of hold on to them. Um, but it helps to reemphasize that, hey, all of these saints are mentioned uh, in the Eucharistic prayer, uh, Eucharistic prayer one. And so that, that kind of creates a new component for the brain to go, okay, this is, this is somewhat something that's unique. So with that extra symbol, then I can ask my kids, you know, name as many saints as you can from, from the Roman canon. And their mind goes, okay, well, I'm going to take that image of the missile and I'm going to, oh, and they start listing off, right? So, again, the, the idea is the more that you play, the more that you, that you learn about the saints. Wow, this is really fun. So, um, give us a peek into some of the feedback you're getting and some of the different environments in which these saint cards are being used. Well, yeah, so we've, uh, we initially launched back in uh, early 2018. Uh, we were very, very blessed to have a, a great response on Kickstarter. So that's what kickstarted this whole thing into existence. So many thanks to all of our backers who, who got us going there. And since then, um, you know, we have kept very busy. So, you know, it, it, I think our expectation in the beginning was just to get the first versions out there. Um, but we started with three and now we've got 18. And, and, you know, we tell people all the time, you know, you continue, you know, it's because of your support that we can continue to make um, all of this. We don't have, um, you know, any other means of making this happen other than just the support of everybody that's uh, continuing to buy them. And so um, we have, uh, we have uh, quite a few folks that are kind of taking the leave no saint card behind approach. They want every single one of them. And at the same time, we also have folks that are just, uh, just enjoying, you know, learning about uh, the the first 106 cards that are in our base base set and just reemphasizing those over and over and over again. And so the response has been, very generous. Everybody out there has been so kind, and and um, and it's just been a joy for us to um, to produce these. And they're all made in the United States. Uh, they, you know, literally right behind this wall. Our, my fam- you know, I got my little five year old filling the jewel bags, and we zipping the bag. You know, so it's all it's all family owned and family operated here. And um, and and that that adds another blessing to to this whole experience is to be able to uh, as a family work to 
to, to spread devotion to the saints. Yeah, we've talked a lot about entrepreneurism in the homeschool and how that blesses children and helps them to have an impact and, um, and really prepares them for life. It's such a beautiful aspect of what you're doing, David. Um, and I just want to mention that having looked at your site, I know that people are using these in parishes and homeschools and Catholic schools and all sorts of places. I mean, I could see this being a really fun uh, co-op offering at a lot of different age levels. Um, say a few words about maybe some of the, uh, the thoughts you have. You mentioned that we can link to geography lessons. What else? Yeah, so we have uh, ge- geography linkage. We also have, in subjects of history, we have a historia cards, which present secular events, buildings, archi- you know, architecture, art, um, and, and it's in the same format. So the, the centuries and the symbols are all in the same space, and so they um, allow for the learner to be able to, to go, okay, well, that is when stirrups were invented and that was the exact same century that you know this saint lived in uh and that's the exact same century that this was going on in, right and so then bringing in historia cards um we found you know with the 800 facts that are just in those 40 cards that our kids probably learn more from just playing the game with historia cards they learn more <laughs> catholic history than maybe um you know they would have uh with with, with other methods just because of the the importance of gameplay uh, when it comes to the learner. And so, uh, so that's certainly an angle that is taken. A lot of co-ops uh, will use them. It, it, we call it either the rainy day factor or uh, the, you know, just kind of the free time factor where they'll just have tournaments or they'll have saint card bees where they'll quiz kids on the saints. And, um, and so if you're teaching religion, if you're teaching history, uh, geography, um, we, we try to bring all of that in uh, to, to the game to kind of have that whole holistic uh, approach to, to context, right? We, we want to give them context of when these, when these uh, people lived, what they were dealing with, what they endured, so that uh, not only can we increase in their devo- our devotion to them, but we can also see how God's hand has led them from, you know, from where they were to, to glory. Yeah, and, and anchoring them in this human sense of where we've been and where we're going and other things going on at those times, I think really helps all of us to, to humanize the saints. And I want to just mention, too, that take a look at saintcards.com. The saint cards are beautiful. They are really well designed. The colors, the, the, as, as David was saying, the way everything is placed very methodically, but so appealingly, so attractively, like you, I could see you just want to pick them up and play with them could see how the, that in an unschooling situation where you just strew the path with beautiful things that this would be another addition to that that could bear a lot of fruit and, and just knowing the inventiveness of kids I'm sure they'll add to the games they'll 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 adapt them and and uh, and it'll become your part of your family culture um, take us out with some final thoughts on what this can mean to our families in terms of how we're blessed by this kind of focus on the saints? Well, you know, I, I think it's, a, it's a, a good rule of thumb that the conversations in the home help to define the nurturing uh, that takes place, right? So whatever the conversations are at the dinner table, and, and I guess, you know, we found that, you know, having family dinners is crucial uh, because that's where most of the conversations take place. And it's a challenge to us. It's a challenge I'll present to everybody listening today to, to overemphasize the importance of, of the dinner time as a family, because that's where the religion and the politics and 
all those big questions oftentimes will pop up. Uh, if you are in the habit of saying a family rosary, um, those are, those are, that's a beautiful practice, right? So, uh, but the principle behind family rosary and by eating is, is to bring everybody together to, to, for one, one purpose, right? And that's the effect that this has too, is when we come together to play a game, you know, we're not, uh, there's, a, there's a streamlined purpose. We're all focusing on the same thing all at once. And what happens when you do that is questions that you ordinarily would not have had uh, all of a sudden pop up and those questions get asked and the conversation then gets generated. So as an example, if you wanted to, to watch a, you know, the latest trilogy that came out of Hollywood uh, and, and, and go down the path of this fantastical world that they're presenting, um, and that's all you wanted to talk about, that's all you watched, that's all you ever did, well, that then becomes the focus of the conversation. And so with St. Cards, the, the beauty of it that we see in our home that we are so excited to share with everybody else is that it, it allows for uh, the focus to, to be only, uh, you know, about the saints. So I had no idea that this saint did this or, Hey, I was at, I was wondering, you know, uh, that person was this and this person was this. And, um, I, I, why, why, why is that? Well, you know what, that's, that's our segue to reading more in depth on the biography or let's, let's watch a video about what that saint went through. Um, and so the whole idea then is that because it's a focus, because it's something topically that we are, um, uh, conversing about the questions and the answers then really do blossom uh, from that and, and you know from our perspective we are tickled pink that uh, our kids are are engaged in asking um, about these real people that aren't made up uh, and and uh, these real heroes that are not just uh, you know uh, made up in a novel uh, that they are that not only did they live but they are continuing to live in glory and on top of that they want to befriend you uh, and so then introducing them to that whole living body of Christ um, is, is, I think, a more tangible uh, thing now uh, that we've got this. And so it's been a blessing for our family. We certainly hope for those uh, out there that it can be up for them as well. Just so exciting and so much fun. And everybody listening, please note that David is offering us a special from now until the end of 2020, right through December 31st. This code, which will be on our uh, notes page, our show page, is HOMESCHOOL5. So all caps, the word HOMESCHOOL, and then the number 5. And that will get you $5 off your order. Now, there are other discounts and opportunities for free shipping at the site, but this is an additional $5 off. So don't miss this opportunity to try out at the very least the base game and get started. But think about, you know, Christmas is coming. It might be fun to share these with other people. So grab that discount. And uh, David, I can't thank you enough. This has been really interesting. And it's got me wanting to delve back into saints. And I tell you, I saw those pictures. I just wanted to pick the cards up. Awesome. Well, Elisa, I so appreciate the opportunity to be on the show and, and thanks again for the invitation and very good to be with you and ex- always excited to talk about the saints. Oh yeah. Amen. And thanks everyone for tuning in. Please stay tuned for our short feature coming right up. Hi, I'm AJ Catapan. Welcome to Books and Blessings, a place where I get to share with you some of my favorite books for Catholic teens and tweens. Today, I'd like to introduce you to Tiger Queen, a young adult fantasy novel by Annie Sullivan. Do you remember that famous short story, The Lady or the Tiger, about the man who had to choose between two doors, one that had a lady behind it 
and the other that hit a tiger ready to devour him? Well, in Tiger Queen, Catholic author Annie Sullivan provides a captivating fantasy twist on that classic story with a main character named after St. Kateri Takakwitha. Tiger Queen tells the story of a warrior princess named Kateri, whose mother and sibling were murdered when she was young. Her father must protect their small kingdom from the severe windstorms and drought that plague them. He also works to put an end to the vicious desert boys who raid their kingdom and steal their water. Water is rationed in this kingdom, and anyone who is caught stealing it is forced to choose between two doors. Behind one is freedom, behind the other, a tiger. As the king's only remaining child, Katiri must train to take over the kingdom someday. To prove she is worthy of ruling the kingdom and choosing her own mate, Katiri must face her potential suitors in a gladiator-style battle. All goes well until Katiri learns who her final suitor will be. He's the one person she's sure she can't defeat, at least not without getting better training. But that means looking for help from someone she'd rather avoid. I love many things about this book. First of all, it will appeal to today's teens with its fast-paced, action-packed plot. Second, like the saint she is named after, the main character is a strong female protagonist who learns some important lessons as her character develops. In the beginning, Katiri comes across as a bit of a spoiled princess, but it's clear that she takes her responsibility as a future ruler very seriously. As the story continues, Katiri learns through memories of her mother and encounters with some unlikely allies that there is more to being a good leader than being good at battle. Compassion and love for those who serve are also necessary. Tiger Queen by Annie Sullivan is sure to be a thrilling read for any teen. To see more book suggestions, visit my website at ajcatapan.com. There you can also learn about my own books for young readers, including my young adult fantasy novel, Angelhood, about a teenage guardian angel trying to save another soul. Thanks for joining me for Books and Blessings. Be sure to find me online on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, or on my website, ajcatapan.com. Until next time, happy reading. That's our show for today. Our program is sponsored by homeschoolconnections.com, where you can get online courses for your grade school, middle school, and high school student. Learn from the experts and make your homeschooling easier. Be sure to leave a review and share this podcast with your friends. And we'll see you next time here on the Homeschooling Saints podcast.